You're listening to How They Did It and Why Will We Learn from the Experiences of Others. So in today's episode, I wanted to chat a bit about John Paul DeJoria. And I want to choose John Paul DeJoria because he has come up in the news again, because as you know, he's a big time philanthropist and he has done a lot of things during this pandemic to actually help uh, hairstylists, salon owners, as well as product distributors. So he is really doing his part to try to save the hairstylist industry. And, you know, he has, his products are in, you know, thousands of salons across the country, as well as internationally. So I have always appreciated his work ethic and um, his success. So I wanted to dive into his success a little bit with you all today. So just a little of course, backstory on John Paul de Joria. So he's born in 1944. He is an American entrepreneur, a billionaire philanthropist who uh, co-founded Paul Mitchell line of hair products as well as the Patron Spirits Company. So uh, just a little on his career. So he spent two years in the United States Navy. After that, he had a series of jobs from being a janitor to a door-to-door encyclopedia salesman and even an insurance salesman. And then he went into the world of hair care. He became an entry-level employee at Redken Laboratories. And for those of you who are familiar with the hair industry, Redken is a huge uh, hair care line. They've got all kinds of shampoos, conditioners, as well as a color line and a ton of stuff. And they are actually owned, excuse me, by L'Oreal. And as you may already know, L'Oreal owns so much in the beauty, specifically hair space, like they're huge. L'Oreal is a massive company. So anyway, he started working at Redken Laboratories and he was fired from that position in 1980. And then that's when he started the John Paul Mitchell systems with his friend, Paul Mitchell. You know, they were just starting out. They got a loan for 700 bucks and he was actually homeless at the time. And, you know, shortly thereafter, you know, in 1989, they started the Patron Spirits Company. And I did not know that they started Patron that early on. I thought it was much later um, that he went. I thought he started Patron in like maybe the 90s or something like that. But it wasn't. It was, you know, 1989. So that's pretty cool. And he has a whole bunch of other um, business ventures as well you know there's the beauty channel that he does and whole host of other things most recently he was a guest shark on shark tank which love that show drop me a line if you also like shark tank like i know i'm not the only one no i'm not the only one um so just awesome entrepreneur so you know He's really doing some things right now, specifically um, for for COVID nineteen, which I'll go into a little bit later. But I also wanted to quickly share, you know, 
uh, three things that he has said that's made him successful. Because again, we want to learn from his experience and it's so that we can, you know, see what we can implement to do better in our own lives, in our own businesses. So let me go ahead and do this screen share with you guys. As you know, I'm forever doing a screen share and have the time. It does not act right for me because my laptop is old. Ha, it worked great that time. Hooray. So uh, this was a CNBC article, okay? Um, this was actually, this is an older article, but I just like what he has to say in this article. So John Paul DeGioia went from homeless to billionaire by following three simple rules, okay? So um, let me just go ahead and scroll on down. Rule number one, he says, is always be prepared for rejection. Throughout your career, you're going to run into rejection. DeJoria points out, you'll knock on doors and many are gonna be closed to you. There'll be people who don't like your products, your company, or just you. It's important you realize from this day that you launch your business, that to be successful, you must remain as confident and as enthusiastic on door number 59 as you were on door number one. If you realize this is going to happen, the rejection won't hit you so hard. It will help you to be resilient, he explains. So rule number two is make sure your product or service is the best it can be. So DeJoria is adamant about this. So he says, always remember, you don't want to be in the product business. You want to be in the reorder product business, okay? So I like that. You don't want someone to just buy your product one time and go, this thing. A lot of people half the time won't even return a product, but they'll be like, man, I never ordering this again. This is crap. And then they go tell people about it. That's almost even worse than than anything, you know, when people badmouth your product to other people, people value that person to person testimony above anything, even above reviews. Okay, so that's some pretty powerful information right there. You want to make sure your product is so good that people reorder it. And not only that, they reorder it quickly. So it's filling a need and doing something different. So he says, that's the kind of thinking that gives you a better shot at being a, a success. As you guys are gonna know, the more you listen, the more problems I have with my S's, especially when I get tired, you know, hey, I hope you can understand. If not, I understand that too. I'm gonna try to enunciate as good as I can for you guys. So rule number three, Doing good is good for you and your business. If a business wants to stay in business, it cannot just think of today's bottom line, says DeJoria. It, was, it must make a company commitment to help others immediately. By helping others, you are creating future customers and inspiring employee loyalty, he explains. Now, I'm going to jump in right here. So I actually got to meet John Paul DeJoria some years back. And um, I was heavily in the hair industry at the time. And I have to say, he really does believe this because he even took the time out to speak to little old me, okay? And 
he didn't seem like, oh, I'm just trying to run, rush off and do my next thing. You know, you can kind of tell some people are just like, let me put in an appearance. I don't care. I got money and uh, whatever. They work for me. No, that was not his vibe. That was not the way he came across at all. He came across as actually very humble. I mean, this man was super humble. He came in and, you know, he was with those in his party and he's just, you know, oh, I want to make sure I get around to, to speak to everybody. Did you guys put time, you know, for me to speak to everyone? You know, I was kind of standing in earshot, you know, getting stretching my ears a little bit to see what I could hear. And I heard him say, <laughs> I heard him say that, you know, I'm pick up my tidbits some way, somehow. But um, so that was awesome. You know, they're like, yes, you know, you should have time to speak to everybody. And he did gave me that nice, strong handshake, you know, actually looked at me when he was talking to me and not like down. He wasn't looking down on people, you know, and it's, he said, everybody just be comfortable. We appreciate you all so much. So he really does believe that. Now, even when he says in here, you know, by being nice to your employees, you're creating customers. That's the truth, because you know, let's think about it. When you get introduced to a product, okay, half the time it's at your job, you know? So sometimes your employees are going to be your most loyal customers, okay? So, and even to this day, I use Paul Mitchell products, okay? Because, you know, and they, the thing I like about Paul Mitchell products is that a lot of the products you can use on all different hair types, you know, the shampoo one, twos, and threes, you can use those on all, all hair types depending, <clears throat> excuse me, on, you know, how much buildup is on the hair or, you know, is it color treated or what have you. You could use it on all different types of hair. Also, you know, the foaming pomade, excuse me, foaming pomade is really good. Um, just lots of stuff that can be used on lots of different hair types. And I always admired that about his brand because he understood the need to appeal to everyone before a lot of other hair lines did. You know, he always had a little something. He might not have the, you know, every single thing for everybody, but he has something for everybody. And I think that's important. And I think that we need that more in the beauty industry because, you know, why should we have to go one place for certain products? We can't get it here. We can't get it there. Be everywhere. That's just being a good business, you know, be available to all your customer base as much as you can be. So he really understood that like way back when before anybody else did. And that is another thing that made him a success. So again, he says customers like to be involved with people and businesses that donate their time to help others save the planet and make a difference you know, that's really important to him too. So he has, you know, a lot of um, nonprofit organizations where their role is to help with eliminating of waste and his products are very um, sustainably made and as eco-friendly as they can be. And he, that's something about his brand that is on a lot of his products, it's not like plaster all over it. He was doing it way back then before, you know, like, you know, green products were a thing. So a lot of his stuff from back then, you know, it's not marketed that way, you know, so it wouldn't jump out at you. But when you actually start doing the research onto, you know, 
into his brand and how his laboratories actually run and where he sources his things from, you begin to see, you know, the level of quality that goes into the product. And again, he's got something for everybody. And I just, I just really like his stuff. So, and I like him. I think he is just awesome. So um, again, you know, just he had these three things I really feel like are some really good things to remember because of course rejection we always know we're going to deal with the level of rejection but I just like the way he explains it you know still be enthusiastic from that first door to that last door you know that you get don't let the enthusiasm wane and then make sure your product is really really good and then do good and not just do good just to your employees do good to your employees do good to your customers do good to the environment. He has, you know, different recycling programs you can do with his products, um, you know, all kinds of things. You know, he really does try to do his part to be a good person and a good business in many ways. And, you know, if it's something that he doesn't feel passionate about and he thinks it's not gonna be good, he will not do it. So there's a level of integrity a very high level of integrity there because some people will do anything to, you know, make money, but, you know, not with John Paul DeGioria. He has a lot of integrity. And I'll tell you something else about John Paul DeGioria to this day. So his uh, business partner, Paul Mitchell, who actually passed away, I want to say it was in the 80s, like way back in the 80s or maybe early 90s, don't quote me on the exact date, but to this day, he still has his children as business partners in this business. So he did not have to do that. So again, that speaks to his character, who he is as a person, and just knowing that makes me love this brand even more. You know what I mean? Because he could have just been like, hey, you know, whatever you know it's just going to be my sole business now but he knows that he started with his friend you know his friend you know had an untimely death and he just you know still stayed in contact with his friend's family and kept you know having them be a part of the brand and i just think that that is awesome when do you see that today you can't even get people to act right on your job and, you know, like not backstab you on your job, let alone, you know, if something like this happens and you're still being loyal to your friend, just incredible, you know? So he really does have a, a lot of good things to say. So, you know, I'm definitely inspired, you know, by his business model and how he was able to, to grow it. I, I just think, you know, He's just awesome. So anyway, um, let me talk a little bit about what he's doing as far as COVID-19. So what he has done right now during the COVID-19 pandemic for hairstylists is he has invested a lot of his own money into training programs. He is coming out with new products geared for this kind of at-home situation that we are in. He is also um, setting up new programs to work with his salon owners to help them get funding. So he is actually dedicating his staffing and his time and his money to helping these salons actually go through and apply for grants and all the different types of aid that are available to them. So he's really in a big way, you know, 
helping out as much as he can. And, you know, he's reinvesting a lot of his own money back into the business. And he said, you know what, I've had to do it before. I will do it again. You know, I am always going to do what's right by my employees and by my customers. And on a side note, he has actually lost with this pandemic 60% of his yearly income, his yearly revenue that Paul Mitchell Systems, John Paul Mitchell Systems takes in. So that kind of tells you the gravity of the pandemic. You know, I think right now it's it's sinking in and, and a lot of businesses have already started to go out, but I think we're gonna keep seeing a trickle effect on a lot of different types of businesses, the hairstylist in the hairstylist industry in particular, because you know, certain things are not gonna be seen overnight. You know, certain businesses like maybe the smaller, maybe you you own just a loan like ice cream shop or something. So yes, you would see like an overnight drastic change. But something like this, where it's a hair care system, you know, that's used across the country, you may basically just keep seeing a downward slope until it becomes, you know, very, very difficult. So he's getting creative, he's innovating. I think a lot of other large corporations like this can really take a lesson from the way he's handling this pandemic situation and try to not just say, okay, let's save money, just let's just save money. That's all we can do right now. He's saying, let's reinvest the money that we have in people the best way that we can and reinvent our product as well. So, and it's gonna have to happen quick. Like we're gonna have to like, you know, these larger corporations, especially they're gonna have to make some quick turnarounds on this stuff because time is money. So the longer they go on without changing their business models, because that's what he's doing. He's changing his whole business model to change things because we have to now. But the longer people wait to do it, the more the businesses are going to suffer. So, you know, just some information on that. But yeah, so Anyway, I really hope that you have enjoyed this episode on John Paul DeJoria. I hope that you have learned something from his three tips for finding success. I hope they help you to find success as well. And of course, thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.